The idea about app-driven analytics is to have the application give you some real-time visibility into what's happening right now. What's being purchased at this particular moment or in the last 20 minutes, or if it's an IoT use case, where is the hot activity, or are we approaching any thresholds, or whatever it is you care about, but getting visibility of what's happening right now. Welcome to the show. My name is Michael Lynn, and this is the MongoDB Podcast. Today, we're excited to have Jay Runkle, Distinguished Solution Architect at MongoDB, joining us to talk about application-driven analytics. Unlike traditional batch analytics, this approach enables real-time data analysis and delivers insights that can drive meaningful business outcomes. If you're interested in learning how to leverage application-driven analytics to transform your data-driven applications, stay tuned. Jay, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you on the show. How have you been? I've been doing good and enjoying my life here at MongoDB. It's been a while since you've been on the podcast. I can't even remember how long it's been, but it's great to have you back on the show. Today, we're going to be focusing on application-driven analytics, and it's a term that's relatively new. I'm wondering if you wouldn't mind starting out by explaining to folks what application-driven analytics means. Sure. So I think it's good to describe it by looking back historically. I think traditionally analytics were done in batch, maybe by a special purpose data warehousing analytical tool where you know periodically data from the operational system would be pushed into a data warehouse and then some set of analytics in terms of like batch reports or dashboards would be generated once per day, once per week type of thing. Mm -hmm. And the obvious challenge with that approach is that it gives you great visibility about what happened in the past, but not what's happening right now. Yeah. So the idea between app, I, about app-driven analytics is to have the application give you some real-time visibility into what's happening right now. What's being purchased at this particular moment or in the last 20 minutes, or if it's an IoT use case, where is the hot activity, or are we going approaching any thresholds or whatever it is you care about, but getting visibility of what's happening right now. Yeah. And I think that's the key, right? Real-time access to, to data right from the application itself. How does this differ from, say, uh, observability or is, is observability included in, in app-driven I think analytics? observability is part of it, being able to see what's happening right now in lots of different dimensions and metrics. What's the tricky thing about implementing application-driven analytics? I think the challenge is that if you're thinking about how you're storing and uh, the data is they're really two different workloads and they ask two different things about the underlying data platform. Essentially, the application itself is probably servicing requests where you know, users are requesting individual records, updating them, maybe inserting new ones, CRUD type operations, and where with the analytics, it's much more... Um, Data analytics that kind of look over a range of data and do things like grouping and sorting and creating buckets and things like that. So much more complex, comprehensively intensive and mm -hmm. looking at larger sets of data. Mm, yeah. So obviously we're working at MongoDB. MongoDB is uniquely positioned in this arena. How is that so? And why is MongoDB uniquely? Yeah, I think there's kind of multiple aspects to that. One is, right, from a database perspective, you can do both of those CRUD, you can do both types of queries. You can do the CRUD operations, the inserts, the updates, deletes. But we also have this component called the aggregation framework, which facilitates the 
complex analytical queries that look over large sets of data and uh, there's the groupings, the joinings, the counting of aggregates and things like that. I think that's one fact is we have really powerful query language. I think the other thing is the distributed architecture of MongoDB allows you to dedicate certain nodes to analytics and other nodes to the operational queries. And the power of that is no matter how hard you push the database running these complex analytical queries, users of the application that re demand real-time access aren't really going to be impacted because mm. their queries are running on one set of servers and the analytic queries are running on one set of servers. Yeah. Okay. So for folks that are listening that may not be familiar with MongoDB's architecture, you mentioning nodes, maybe give a, a quick definition of, uh, of the deployment scenario for a MongoDB database. Yeah, sure. So the minimum unit of a cluster in MongoDB is called a replica set. And a replica set contains one, a primary node where the writes occur. And then those writes are replicated to a number of secondaries. Typically you have replica sets of three servers, five servers, seven servers, some odd number of servers like that. Mm -hmm. And what you can do if we're talking about app-driven analytics here is you can, get, let's say you have a deploy a seven node replica set. You can say, hey, the, these three nodes we're going to use for the operational application. And they're going to support kind of the users on the web and their mobile devices and things like that. And then these other four nodes, we're going to be used for analytics. So if a business user wants a dashboard of what's happening right now in the application, we can direct those queries to those other four nodes and they won't affect the operational users. Oh, that's great. So in the past, when deploying a MongoDB cluster, you didn't really have the ability to dedicate nodes separately. Now that's changed recently, hasn't it? Right. Well, if you were self-managing MongoDB, you could always do that. Mm, but mm -hmm. in our Atlas platform, in like the last year or so, we've added the ability so you can add dedicated analytical nodes so that you can implement use cases like this very easily. Yeah. And, and those nodes can be uh, asynchronously configured or, or they can be different types of nodes, smaller nodes or, or larger nodes, depending on the, the use case of the application. Yeah, absolutely. Because as we just discussed, it's very likely that these analytical queries are going to be much more complicated. So they'll need a mm -hmm. lot, potentially need a lot more CPU and they may look at larger data sets. So you're going to want to have more RAM on these servers so that you can have more data in memory and things will process quicker. So yes, in, within Atlas, when you deploy analytical nodes, you can configure them separately from the nodes that are handling the operational queries. Yeah, and that, that's super beneficial from a cost perspective, right? Because you may need super high memory, but low disk on, well, I, I guess that wouldn't make sense. I guess you'd need super high, high memory, CPU and disk for the analytical nodes, right? I think in general, the analytical nodes are going to be uh, more powerful than mm -hmm. the operational nodes. I, but I'm sure there's somebody out there that can dream of the use case where the reverse is true. But the it doesn't really matter in the sense that we allow you to optimize the server configuration for each of those two workloads within the same cluster so you can get the best benefit with the least amount of cost. Yeah. Okay. So that's the, the, the database layer of the architecture for an application. Let's talk a little bit about what you need to consider when thinking about deploying an application that has application-driven analytics as a, as a feature. So I, so I think it's a combination of like any kind of data design or document modeling in MongoDB. You just need to look at 
not only what are my operational queries and what are my analytical queries, and try to come up with a data model that's going to most effectively support those types of queries. Mm -hmm. And then obviously adding the appropriate indexes and things like that to make it all work efficiently. Mm -hmm. efficiently. Awesome. Now, one of the primary reasons that we're chatting today is to kind of shed some light on application-driven analytics in advance of a pretty comprehensive demonstration. Let's let's talk a little bit about what's coming up. Uh, if you're listening to this um, as an audio-only podcast, it's being recorded on March 1st of 2023, and we're looking at a live session that's going to take place on YouTube and LinkedIn Live on March 15th. Jay, let's talk a little bit about what's going to happen during that live stream. So what's ha going to happen on the live stream? So essentially, it is a three-part live stream. And what we're going to focus on is how to build app-driven analytical applications using MongoDB's developer data platform. So let me kind of unpack all of that. So we've just, in, the, in the conversation thus far, we've really been talking about MongoDB, the database. But if you use MongoDB in Atlas, our cloud platform, you get all of the advantages of MongoDB that we've talked about, but we've surrounded it with a whole host of additional tools and capabilities. Things like search and charts, which is our BI tool, and triggers. We also have a, a data lake product and a data federation product, as well as a, a SQL product that enable you to do kind of analytics over large ranges of data and multiple data sources. So what we're gonna do during this three-part live stream is walk you through the process of how you would build an app-driven analytics application in the Atlas developer data platform. And one of the things that I know as a developer that I always struggle with is when you pick up a new technology, it's always really hard to get started because you read the documentation and it doesn't make any sense to you because you don't really have kind of the, the model of how all these tools work together. So what we're really going to focus on is, all right, what are all the different components of an app-driven analytics application? How do they fit together? And we'll kind of do hands-on. We'll kind of build a simple application over that three-week period. Outstanding. What a, what a great series that's going to be. Really looking forward to that. And as I mentioned, it's going to be March 15th, 2023. We're going to kick things off. I believe it's at 11 a.m. Eastern, but check the show notes to be sure there'll be links there to the live streams. You can uh, you can click the attend button so we know you're on your way. And uh, what's the use case you're going to build on? Yeah, so the use case is we're all going to become rocket scientists by the end of this particular <laughs> uh, three-week uh, live stream. And what it is is we're modeling um, kind of one of the workloads that is implemented by a MongoDB customer. And this customer has a service that helps manage rocket launches. Mm -hmm. And if you engage them, what they, one of the tools they provide is it is a tool that collects all of the data that is generated by a rocket during a launch. And she, uh, rocket launch is about eight hour window from the time, you know, they start the kick the countdown to the eventual, the payload is in orbit. And so during that eight hour period, the rocket is generating around a million metrics a second. And what we're going to be demonstrating during this use case is, all right, how can you ingest all of that type of data into MongoDB, build dashboards that show you what's happening in real time during the rocket launch, 
And then post-launch, what are the tools that MongoDB provides to do kind of in-depth analytics? Maybe you want to pull it, take the rocket data and integrate it with some weather data and find out how the weather impacted the performance of the rocket or something like that. We'll show you how you can do that. And we'll also show you how you can do that both in the MongoDB query language as well as, as in SQL if you want to use like a traditional BI tool. Oh, very cool. Now, will folks need to do anything in preparation to, to get something out of the live seminar? Yeah, so given that this is a live stream and the expectation is that we'll have um, people following along, there will be a little bit amount of prep work that will be required. It'll be things like creating an Atlas account, installing MongoDB Compass, very simple stuff, downloading a little bit of um, data from a GitHub repository, that type of thing. Mm -hmm. But we we're going to provide instructions, and I'm also working on a video that kind of walks you through the process of going, of setting up your laptop or desktop for this live stream. Very cool. Now, will these things be available in advance? Absolutely. Everything should be available by the time this podcast is aired. Why, why rockets? You know, I think it's a, an interesting use case. I think the other thing, too, just to be kind of completely pragmatic, is when you're Putting together an environment like this, you want to find a data source that um, is publicly available. So one of the things that we found for this particular data source is um, some blue origin data. So that's what we'll be using during the uh, live stream. But I think it's a really good use case because, you know, it's high volume time series data for which it's obviously a situation that if you are the team running a rocket launch, you want visibility to what's happening with the rocket during the launch. If something goes wrong, you want to be able to respond immediately. You know, responding the next day is obviously not an option in the case of a rocket launch. Well, I think it's something that everyone can relate to, too. I mean, if you're deploying an application, uh, the criticality of it is indistinguishable from something as important as a rocket launch. I mean, if you're running yes. a, a live uh, retail outlet and it's, it's online, it's just as critical to your business as it is to, as, as launching a rocket is to NASA, for example. Absolutely. Let's see. So what else do we need to tell folks about application-driven analytics? I think the one thing we really haven't talked about is we talked about the core components of MongoDB in terms of the aggregation framework and charts that really focus on analytics. We talk about the developer data platform, though, there's a whole host of other capabilities that maybe aren't like directly towards analytics, but just enable you to build applications faster. So if you're building an app-driven analytics application or any other application are just really essential to enable you to get the, your application um, out faster or new capabilities added to a release or whatever it is you're working on. And I'm talking about things like search, having search built right into the platform, mm -hmm. leveraging the same query language, those types of things, having capabilities like triggers, any of those types of capabilities essentially remove a lot of the development effort that a engineer has to do by importing other libraries and writing a whole bunch of code. What, so like when we talk about the live stream, we're going to break this up into three parts. The first part is going to be kind of the basics, load some data. How do you write complex analytical queries in the aggregation framework? How do you create visualizations and charts? And then the second part is going to be really focusing on the data platform capabilities like search triggers and kind of the app framework that MongoDB provides to enable you to rapidly build other capabilities. And then in the third part, we're really going to drill into, all right, so the launch is over. We got a whole bunch of data. How do we compare 
this launch to the previous launch, or how do we compare this launch and see how it was impacted by the weather data or something like that? So how can you pull lots of different sources of data together and do kind of more in-depth analytics over larger data sets? And it sounds like we're abstracting the data portion from the application development portion. So folks don't need to be concerned about learning a specific language. There's one bit where we will actually quick make a small foray into JavaScript. So one of the powerful features that we're going to do in the second live stream is in part one, we're going to create some visualizations and charts, which is MongoDB's BI tool. And mm-hmm. that's great. But often what you want is you want those charts, you know, those to be embedded in your application. Maybe you want some dashboards to be updated. Like in this case, maybe you want some dashboards of rocket performance to be updated and real time as the launch occurs. Mm-hmm. So what I'll, I'll show very quickly is a very simple React app, how you can take a, a, a chart that you create in charts and easily embed it into uh, you know, your application interface. So powerful. Yeah, I, and I love the, the breadth of coverage in this series of demos uh, because it really does demonstrate so much of the MongoDB developer data platform, right? Yep. I developed shows a lot of different components and how tightly integrated they all are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you've been at this quite a while, Jay. How long have you been with MongoDB? I am coming up on my 10th year anniversary at MongoDB. Holy cow. Wow. You're one of the originals, I think. Yeah, I've been here. It's been a great ride. The great thing about MongoDB is the product evolves so fast that it keeps it very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And, And how did you amass all of this experience? Did you you obviously came to MongoDB with a, a good deal of data experience, but but was it self-taught? How did you learn this stuff along the way? So I started my career, at least my database career, at another NoSQL database company, and I was there for about five years. So that kind of gave me the foundation. And then I've, at MongoDB, I've learned in several ways. One is where uh, in my role as a solution architect, I'm constantly talking to customers about applications that they could potentially build in MongoDB. Mm-hmm. So you learn a lot of that way because customers are always challenging you. I have this problem. How could I solve it in MongoDB? So you kind of get a lot of experience about thinking about things in that way. And then the other part of it is it just a lot of self-study, tinkering. I like to build, I'm, I'm a developer at heart and I like to build applications. So as a new challenge comes along, a new trend in the industry or MongoDB introduces a new product, I'm you know, I'm always trying to get my hands dirty and kind of build interesting applications. Yeah, yeah. So what are you doing to stay current with uh, trends in technology? So my current project is I am teaching myself um, machine learning and AI and things like that. It's one of those things that comes up a lot, not directly with MongoDB, but customers are always interested. Hey, we've got a huge amount of information in MongoDB. And we're trying to build some application that is leveraging machine learning technologies to improve our business or uh, customer experience or something. I give you, I'm working with a large automobile manufacturer right now where they try to use, or they do use uh, machine learning technology to quickly identify the causes of issues with their cars. So the, the mm. challenge can be is all this, you know, they, let's say they've got a particular model of car and they start getting a set of service incidents more than what they would expect. Maybe it's a brake issue or a fuel problem or something. And they then 
load all of the data about the capabilities of these cars, how they've been driven, and what are the incidents, and try to identify commonalities so they can figure out what is actually causing the issues. Mm. And, and what particular frameworks, ML frameworks, are you leveraging? Uh, most of the time, it's Spark. I think the actual libraries might vary from one customer to a cu customer, but the you know, Spark seems to be the common thread. Mm. Mm -hmm. And uh, what's, your, what's your favorite go-to language? So um, I really like JavaScript only uh -huh. because I like the experience of having the, the data structures from database to middleware to front-end systems all be the same. I mm -hmm. think that's really powerful as opposed to if you're using JavaScript to store Mongo and then you've got Java on the front end, you're doing all this conversion, at least from JavaScript objects to Java objects. It's just, I think it's a lot simpler to build if everything's the same. Although mm. I think some people think I'm crazy in terms of with JavaScript, <laughs> you're always trying to figure out how to do things asynchronously, but it makes yeah. it part of the fun. Yeah. The threading model is interesting in JavaScript for yes. sure. So I, I have to ask you, you know, moving into the ML AI space. What do you see in the future? I mean, obviously, ChatGPT is all over the place. It's like really the first major blowout technology that, that's hitting the consumer. People are getting familiar with it. Where do you see that going? And, and how do you see it impacting software developers going forward? I find it really interesting how you can use these tools and just type a sentence and you have this program generate you know, a block of code that is just about exactly what you asked for. That's mind blowing to me. Mm. Um, it seems to me that like, uh, maybe it sort of exists at some point, this can be integrated right into an IDE. And half the time, instead of writing a for a while, loop, you're just going to write the comment and it's just going to show up in the block below the comment. Mm -hmm. um, that's just, I don't know. I, 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 get, I find I have a hard time getting my hands around that whole process right now. Yeah. Well, I feel like I have to mention this, and this is no promotion. I'm not getting paid for this. The following statement: I use Notion for yeah for tracking. So do I. Yeah, so yep. just a brilliant implementation of AI built into the tool. I'd love to have a chat with the folks from Notion. If you're listening, anybody knows anybody at the at the team on the team at Notion, I'd love to have a chat with them uh, on the podcast or, or other. Uh, so the way it works is so so to give folks background, Notion is this uh, kind of it's a database, right? I think it's backed by, it might even be backed by MongoDB or some NoSQL database, but they've built AI into this uh, sort of note-taking interface and you can, you can ask questions right in the data entry process. And I kind of see this as the, the next phase, the next step in the implementation or the integration of AI into really intelligent tools. I would love for our team at, at MongoDB to start to leverage this type of integration. Imagine if you're building a database and you launch your cluster, the cluster comes up and you're, you're prompted to hit the big green button to build a database. And as you do so, you're typing in the document structure and you can get suggestions about the structure of a document from an AI engine. Or what about the chat GPT driver for MongoDB. So instead Ooh. of having to write the query, you just say, hey, this is what the information I'm looking for. And it just gives you the data and you never have to do anything in MQL or SQL. Yeah. The world of possibilities are limitless. I, right. love, I love going into that space. 
Jay, so we're we're drifting off topic just a little bit. I think it was interesting to to get a little bit of your background. What else do we need to share with folks about the the application driven analytics demo and live streaming coming up on March 15th? It's at 10 a.m. Eastern on LinkedIn and YouTube Live. Anything else you want to let folks know about? Um, nope. I just my only other comment on this is the way I typically consume these live streams is I kind of watch it in real time and get kind of what's happening. And then afterwards, you know, I go and try it for myself. I think that's the most effective way to get the most out of it. If you just watch it live stream, you kind of get an idea of what we're doing and why we're doing, it, how everything fits together. And then afterwards, you can go and just kind of pause the video, try the steps yourself. And that way you get both the information and the hands-on experience. Right on. And, and it will be recorded. It'll be live and then recorded. There will be links to all of the valuable resources in the show notes for this podcast episode. So check those out, whether you're listening on Apple Podcast or Spotify, there's going to be some description and uh, links to resources in the show notes. Jay, thanks so much for spending time with me. Hey, you got it. It's a pleasure as always. 